Hi friends, this is Jillian and Kaylin, and you're listening to In Case You Missed It on Teach Me How to Adult, a podcast on navigating the ups and downs of adulthood, from managing stress and finances to crushing your career and love life. Tune in every Monday as we share game-changing tips from our guests that you might have missed. Adulting isn't easy, but we got you. So let's start at the beginning by talking about the job application itself. Do you have any best practices that people should keep in mind for their actual resume in terms of length and like action verbs and like visual do's and don'ts and data, all of it? 100%. The biggest things I've seen, particularly from feedback from recruiters, but also hiring managers are on a couple of core areas. So the first is the length. Unless you are like a PhD student or an actual executive, two pages is your hard stop. And I'm talking two pages is gracious. It should be one, but I'll give you two if you're feeling bold. So keeping your resume short is so important because on average, recruiters only look at your resume for six seconds. Bananas. So six seconds is all the time you have to make an impact. Um, So the longer it is, the less likely your recruiter is reading your resume and the more likely they're just kind of like scanning and doing a vibe check, basically. So the shorter Mm. and more condensed it is, the better. The other thing I don't see enough on resumes, and really I only see on the resumes that do exceptionally well, are big pieces of data. And I'm not talking about spelling out data. I don't want to see you type out the number. I actually want to see like old school, type the number one, type the number seven for two reasons. When you have data on your resume, you're quantifying the work that you do. So I understand the volume that you work at. I understand the impact. And data can be anything. Data can be how many customers you served. Data can be, you know, the return on investment from, you know, that property you were managing. It can actually be any kind of outcome or input that's there. But the other reason data is so important is when a recruiter is using those six seconds, as they're scanning your resume, they're actually visually drawn to where numbers are on your resume. So they're seeing a whole bunch of words and then this number and they're like, oh, I might as well read that sentence. That feels a little bit different, doesn't it? And that's one of the core ways you can get recruiters to stick to your resume. I also, oh my gosh, I could talk about the design of a resume far longer than a human should. Keep it simple. Oh my God, girl, I've, I've seen some things. I have seen some like <laughs> colors. Like, oh my gosh, I had one candidate. This is so bad. I have to share it though. I had one candidate who literally lined their resume with photos of themselves. No. And I was like, oh, girl, for a finance job, there's simply no way. I don't even think I'm that confident on my Hinge profile, but girl, you came in with that resume with like six angles of your like good side, bad side, <laughs> upper side, and I love that for you. <laughs> However, my hiring managers, they're not too keen, not too keen on that. So simple, avoid pictures, avoid crazy colors. Honestly, the best thing that you can do is use like a basic, simple resume template from a website like Canva. You cannot mess it up. Like it's best to do simple and classic versus going overboard crazy colors. So are buzzwords in like important at all or is there just a balance of like not regurgitating every buzzword in and just being like strategic? I think if you have one really good resume, you don't need buzzwords because ultimately when you're applying for a job, the biggest challenge is not um, using buzzwords to bring your resume to the top. It's actually getting a recruiter to open your resume and read it, which is crazy um, because the volume of applicants inbound is so high. Mostly because Mm -hmm. people who apply for jobs aren't usually qualified. It like triples the volume that it should be. The issue isn't, oh, you know, you've got the word synergy on your resume six times. It's, you know, is that recruiter actually opening it? So I think if your focus is on having one really well-crafted resume, that's much more valuable than customizing it with all of the keywords for every single role you apply to. Plus, you're going to burn yourself out like that. Like that's a recipe for making yourself feel like crap. 
one thing we really wanted to ask you about too are cover letters because I see some companies are still asking for them. Everyone hates writing them. Are they actually important? And like, what are your best tips for for crafting a great cover letter? I'm so biased. Personally, I think cover letters are so old school. Like you mean to tell me you have my whole resume, my whole LinkedIn, and you want me to what? Write like a three-page manifesto on why I'm a great candidate? <laughs> not today. Not today. Google me, girl. It's not happening. Um, so I think a lot of the companies that are a bit more progressive, they're going to be okay without a cover letter. So think about the industries like tech, industries like marketing, um, industries like you know agency, consulting. Those are areas where you might not necessarily need a cover letter. But when I think about banking, government services, those are areas where cover letters unfortunately, are still very much a thing. Mm -hmm. So if you're going into a more traditional sector, I always say if you have to wear a suit to work, you have to write a cover letter to work there. Like that's kind of the, the feeling you have to think through. The easiest way to write a cover letter is focus on it being three quarters of a page. Your first paragraph is an introduction to you. So it's four or five sentences. Who are you? What did you study? What do you do? Why are you fantastic? The next paragraph is why you're interested in this company. And the next paragraph is why you're interested in this job. Um, so it's usually just breaking it down like that. Three or four, maybe five sentences for each of those paragraphs and you're good to go. The tragic news is that most recruiters don't even read your cover letter, even if they ask for it. No. So don't read too much. Like, don't read too much into it. I know it's devastating. <laughs> and that's just so good to to know to not overthink it because I can think of like the last time I was hardcore job hunting, I was missing opportunities and not submitting applications in time because I was so caught up in making the perfect cover letter and I was like so stressed about it and I was taking too much time and I was customizing my resume to such a degree for everything and then I missed the windows. Like it would take me days and then it would be over and so I missed a lot of opportunities because of that and I think it's a really good little nugget for people that if you're overthinking it to that degree, like better to get it out and have it be great than to not get it out in time and have it be like allegedly perfect. Yeah. yeah. And I think the biggest thing too is like that is so much more common with women than with any other group. Um, women are only likely to apply for a role where they feel they meet 80% of the qualifications. That's a lot wow. of the qualifications. And I can tell you as a recruiter, you don't need, you don't need 80%. Men are more likely to apply when they feel they meet 30%. Really? The man Whoa. reads the title and is like, I could sound out those words. I could do that job. But the woman is going to look to make sure she's got the full checklist. So we're so hard on ourselves. Like, don't add more pressure by making the application process this strenuous experience. Ultimately, yes, they're looking for talent, but you also need to be interviewing them and that company. And especially in this market, our candidates are still holding the power. Let's pivot to LinkedIn. Do you have any like overlooked hacks for making your LinkedIn stand out to recruiters? Yes. So one of the biggest things with LinkedIn um, that I didn't know about until I was a recruiter is that there's two sides to LinkedIn. There's the LinkedIn that the average person has, like you as a candidate would have. Mm -hmm. And then there's LinkedIn Recruiter. And LinkedIn Recruiter is what I use to find candidates. And ultimately, it's a search engine. So when you think about it like that, you're thinking about your profile as a website, like SEO. That's really what you need to be optimizing right. in your search. So what matters is the keywords that come up. And those can come up in any section of your profile. The best and easiest places to put in important keywords is in the skills section. So if you go in and literally brain dump all of the keywords. So for example, you're in marketing, you should be putting in like SEO, SEM, performance marketing, mm -hmm. um, like digital marketing, literally everything that has any relevance to your field is going to be super important. The other thing is that your profile is more likely to be opened when you do have a strong profile photo, even if it's not professional. So those are two things that I always recommend people update that takes literally less than 10 minutes. 
Thanks for starting your week with us. If you enjoyed today's In Case You Missed It, check out our show notes for the full episode. We would love it if you subscribed, left us a comment or a rating, and followed us on Instagram. See you next time.